Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
joined us here from the sanctuary of the Salem Church and wherever you might be in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we're so grateful that you have joined us in worship on this Sunday morning because again, he is worthy to be praised and he is worthy to be worshipped. Let's invite and invoke, invite and invoke the presence of the Lord on today. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you have done. Indeed, you and you alone are worthy of our praise, our worship, and our adoration. And Lord, that's what we've gathered to do, even in the virtual sanctuary on today. We've come to worship you. We've come to praise your holy and righteous name. We have come to give you the adoration that you are due. And so even now, we pray that you would Allow your spirit to lead, guide, and direct us that you might be glorified through all that we do. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. And we ask these prayers now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to ask the Music and Fine Arts Ministry to lead us further in worship at this time.
come to the moment in our worship experience on today where we can go to the Lord collectively in prayer. We certainly want to continue to remember our civic leaders, uh, those who are on the front lines, our essential workers, uh, those who are given leadership in trying to find a solution uh, to this pandemic that we, we face. We want to list uh, President of the United States and his family it doesn't matter how vehemently we disagree with him, we should not wish ill will on anyone who is a creation of God. But we want to remember specifically those who are on our prayer list that have sought prayer as a part of the Salem Church, Sister Sadie Alley, Sister Teresa Brown, Sister Aqua Cooper, Sister Joyce Hadley, Sister Lynn Jackson, Sister Mildred Lee, Sister Jeanette Mackey, Sister Debbie McCray, Sister Mary Thomas, Sister Shonda Wallace, Sister Willie Bowie, Brother James Alley, Brother Breck Beck, Brother Jeff Brown, Brother Moses Devers, Brother Neil Devers, Brother Stephen Evans, Reverend John Holcomb, Brother Brother Charles Dagon. Brother Terrence Mackey, Brother Stephen Neal, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Leon Wilson, Brother Richie, Richard Wilson. Certainly we want to continue in supporting uh, Brother Rogers, uh, Brother Roger and Sister Ned Sayers and the loss of his brother, Gail Sayers, as well as our city has lost a long-lasting leader, Bob Gibson, we lost, Omaha lost two Hall of Famers uh, in just a matter of days. And so we want to lift them in our prayers as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all that you've done. We love you. We adore you, God. For you and you alone are God. And there is none other like you. And we are so grateful that we are able to be in relationship with you. We're so, able, so privileged that we are able to come to you in prayer. The Bible says through Jesus Christ, the middle wall of partition was broken down, and so we can come to you boldly in prayer, and that's what we do right now. We thank you for all that you've done, most importantly, what you've done for us in Jesus Christ. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all, and we thank you for the power of his resurrection and the promise of eternal life. Even now, we continue to lift those names that have been on our prayer list on today. You know their situation and their location. And so, God, we pray that you would see about them at the point of their need. Pray that you would heal, deliver, and set free that you would give comfort and consolation. We pray, God, that you would bring calm in situations that are chaotic and allow your Holy Spirit to minister to each name that we've called. But not only those, those who are not listed, but who are part of our church family and our community who need you deeply. God, we cannot go to all of them, but you can. 
So God, we pray that you would meet them and that you would give them everything that they need. And we ask these prayers now in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. Good morning, Salem family and friends. I'm Trustee Wes Hutcherson, and this is my lovely wife, Sherry. Hello. And during these unprecedented times like you, we're worshiping at home. However, this is still an exciting time for our church as we honor our senior pastor during this very special anniversary. On October the 18th, Pastor Bacchus will celebrate three significant milestones in his preaching career. 35, 25, and 15. 35 years of preaching, 25 years as a senior pastor, and 15 years at the Salem Baptist Church in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, Sherry, when I think back to 1985, the year Pastor Bacchus became, uh, received the calling to preach, well, I just remember, what were you doing during that time? See, 1985, I was in the ninth grade. I was a drum major in the band, and I was studying for my driver's test so I could get my license. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> um, a little different for me. I was actually in college uh, at Morehouse College. I was a sophomore at Morehouse College in 1985. So let's roll 10 years forward to 1995. Pastor Backus had accepted the senior pastor position at the First Union Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. At that time, Sherry, I believe we weren't married. We knew each other, but we weren't married at that time. No, and I think I was a new member at Salem, and um, I was a corporate auditor getting ready to become a business development officer. Yeah, we were both new to Omaha, uh, excited, eager, yes. ready to start our new careers in a new city and we were pumped at that time. So let's fast forward to 2005, October of 2005. And during that time, as many of you know, we were searching for a senior pastor and God truly heard our prayers. Uh, we, at that time, we, uh, Pastor Backus, Pastor Backus became the 16th senior pastor of the Salem Baptist Church. And at that time as well, we had only been in our new facility for just five years. And Miles and Maya at that time were just one year old. And we were finally getting some sleep at night. Hallelujah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so on October the 18th, let's, let's show our pastor how much we love and appreciate him as we celebrate 35, 25, and 15. And if you would like to join us in this wonderful celebration, you can absolutely do so. You may give to our virtual souvenir booklet, or you may give cash to Salem Baptist Church to celebrate. You can do this by sending us cash, by PayPal, by Venmo. For more information, please see www.salembc.org. Again, Pastor, congratulations. congratulations. We're excited about this momentum milestone 
of 35, 25, and 15. Pastor, we love you. We look, we're excited about what's going to happen in the future. And Sister Bacchus, you're awesome too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally awesome. And thank you, Salem, for all that you do. God bless you. And please stay safe. Thank you, Brother and Sister Hutchison. We are so grateful for uh, you taking the time to do that. Uh, Salem, again, we are grateful for each and every one of you. We thank you for joining us from the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. Please remember all of the opportunities I've placed before us for ministry, worship, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. Uh, we remind you, we remind each and every one of you to please register to vote and vote. If that means you need to vote early or to mail it in or uh, vote in person, please, please vote. Your uh, vote is your voice. This is a monumental election in the life of our country and will decide the direction of our country for uh, decades to come. So please, please make sure that you're registered to vote and make sure that you get out to vote so that your voice can be heard. Thank you, Salem, again for all of your encouragement, your continued support. We thank you for your continued financial stewardship. We remind you the various ways in which you can give. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the Salem Church at 3131 Lake Street. You can bring it by the church office from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. You can give through our website at salembc.org. You can give through PayPal, through Venmo, through the Cash App, and through Givelify. And so we thank you for your past stewardship, but we thank you in advance for your continued stewardship that can allows the ongoing ministries, uh, the ministries of Salem Baptist Church to continue to go on, uh, even in these unprecedented and what seems to be uncertain times. So we thank you so much, and not only the members of, of the Salem Church, for those who have become our ministry partners, as you have uh, been able to see the live stream each and every Sunday for the past months, and those who uh, share in our Word for Your Walk broadcast on the CW Network on one th at 1.30 p.m. each and every Sunday. Uh, for those who are not formally a part of the membership of the Salem Baptist Church, but you become ministry partners with us, and you supported us financially, and we want to offer you that opportunity to sow good seed in the fertile ground of the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. And so we thank you so much. We're going to move forward in worship as our music and fine arts ministry is going to lead us further in worship.
going to ask you to turn now in your Bibles, your tablets, whatever devices you might have to the book of Exodus once again, Exodus chapter 17. Uh, we will use the entire chapter 
for this sermonic presentation, but just use a few of the first verses initially. And the Word of God reads, Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. You shall strike the rock. Water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, strength for the journey. Strength for the journey. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had the privilege of watching the Lord work as the children of Israel are on their journey from Egypt to the promised land. And it has not always been a pretty sight. And we will get a taste of that on today as well. And two weeks ago, we shared a sermon entitled Lessons for the Journey. And on last week, we took time to focus on God's grace and mercy on the journey. And on today, as I said moments ago, uh, we will focus on strength for the journey. And we cannot properly understand Exodus chapter 17 without looking in the rearview mirror to summarize those prior sermons. In the sermon entitled Lessons for the Journey, we were reminded that the journey includes moments of barrenness, moments of bitterness, and moments of abundance. In last week's sermons, God's grace and mercy on the journey, the people, the children of Israel, had problems. They had problems of ingratitude, of impatience, and incorrectness. And yet, because of his grace and his mercy, the Lord showed patience with his people, and we, showed, we were able to see that the Lord provided for the people so that they could have what they needed in the wilderness. And on today, we find a similar situation with Moses and the children of Israel because we first see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey with water. We observe the ingratitude and impatience of the children of Israel once again rise to the surface as they state their displeasure against Moses. The ire and irritation of the children of Israel is demonstrated once again. Now understand, in those verses that I read earlier, we have to understand the truth is the people were in a wilderness. They were weary, they were frustrated, and very likely exhausted. 
So the problem is not that they were asking for water. It was a basic natural resource that was needed for their survival. The problem was how disrespectfully and discourteously they asked for water. They were once again murmuring and complaining and grumbling to Moses, which I said on last week to some degree meant that they were murmuring and complaining and grumbling at the Lord. And once again, they raised the derisive and disdainful question. Did you bring us up out of Egypt for our families and livestock to die of thirst in the wilderness? And apparently their anger and annoyance was extremely intense. So much so that Moses goes to the Lord and declares, they're almost ready to stone me. And once again, in spite of how the children of Israel were acting, in spite of their cantankerous, cranky, and crabby attitude, the Lord once again miraculously provides the children of Israel water in the wilderness. Beginning around verse 5, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you where uh, there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people may drink, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? I won't go deeply uh, into deeply how uh, upset Moses is at this point, uh, but we do see that he called the name of this place literally contentious contention and tested. Well, I know you're asking in your spirit, why is, is there this great emphasis of water on today? Well, the truth is many of us find ourselves in our own wilderness, those dry and arid places of loneliness, those dry and arid places of disappointment, those dry and arid places of frustration, those dry and arid places of distress and discontent where it seems the very thing that you need to survive and thrive are nowhere to be found. You're in a dry, arid place where there seems to be no water at all. Well, I want to remind you, child of God, when it seems like you cannot make it and when you should give up and give in, when you get to the point you want to throw in the towel, remember the Lord is able to meet you even in your wilderness. And he's able to give you the water of strength and the water of joy and the water of contentment and the water of peace. I'm, I'm telling you the Lord can provide whatever water you need. He can do it even in the midst of your wilderness. And for those of us who live on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, we know who the living water is for us. Oh, and his name is Jesus. He is our living water. As a matter of fact, he told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, if you trust me, I am a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh yes, he is our living water. 
Richard Blanchard said it this way as he penned the song, Fill My Cup, Lord. He says, like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that will never run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. I'm telling you, child of God, the Lord can meet you wherever you are, and he can give you the water that you need to go to get through your wilderness. And Jesus Christ is that living water. And if there's someone who's listening or watching today who has not accepted that living water, I want to remind you that if you confess in your heart, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved, and you can experience that living water even in the midst of your wilderness. And so we see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey with water, but then we see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey through a victory. Now there's a second narrative in the 17th chapter of Exodus, the children of Israel have continued their journey and they encounter a surprise attack by the Amalekites. Now we have to take into account the children of Israel know nothing about war. They had not been soldiers in Egypt. They had been slaves in Egypt. And now they're attacked by the Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites were a tribe of raiding nomads. In other words, the Amalekites knew how to fight, and now they're bringing the fight to the children of Israel. But in spite of the inexperienced, unprepared, and unproven children of Israel, the Lord gives them victory. Now, how did this occur? First of all, they kept their head up. Now, Moses strategically approached the attack of the Amalekites. Remember, this generation of the children of Israel had not been soldiers, they had been slaves. They were not familiar and accustomed to going to war with skilled warriors and soldiers. However, we have to remember that Moses had spent uh, the first 40 years of his life in the household of the king of Egypt. And certainly, he had been exposed to the strategies and schemes of Egyptian warfare. And one of those approaches was to make sure when you're in battle, keep your head up. And so he purposely placed himself in a position where those who were fighting to defend the children of Israel against the Amalekites would be, uh, always be able to keep their head up. Listen to what it says, beginning around verse 8. It says, now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on uh, the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. You see, Moses decided, I'm going to stand on the top of the hill. 
And when it might seem that those who are fighting won't, may want to give in, they can look up and see me on the hill. In other words, this is helping them keep their head up. And see, the rod that had been representative of the power and potency and provision of the Lord was right there with Moses. Well, child of God, I want to tell you today, the Lord can give you strength for your journey, and he can give you victory. If you follow the lead of uh, uh, Joshua and the children of Israel here in Exodus chapter 17, and follow the words of the urban, urban prophet, prophet uh, Tupac Shakur by keeping your head up. Oh, yes, listen, uh, battle is going to come, but if you're going to be victorious, you got to go ahead and keep your head up. But now notice, Moses was on top of the hill, which means those who were fighting for the children of Israel were very likely in the valley. So I want to tell you, child of God, it doesn't matter where you are. Just go ahead and keep your head up. Even when you're discouraged, keep your head up. Even when you're dismayed, keep your head up. Even when you're distraught, keep your head up. And child of God, I want to say to you today, don't give your enemies and your haters the pleasure of having evidence of your discouragement. Even when they're looking at you and you're discouraged on the inside, don't let your head down and let them know you're discouraged. Keep your head up. Even though when you don't think you can make it keep your head up listen in spite of your enemies and your haters keep your head up because victory is gonna come so they kept their head up but not only did they the Lord give them victory by keeping their head up uh, he gave them a victory by keeping Moses hands up uh, listen Joshua who would be the successor of Moses was down in the valley leading the fight. While Moses was on the hill representing the power of the Lord. And yet even as the leader, Moses had human limitations. And they are displayed as the battle is going on between the children of Israel and the Amalekites. Look at what it says the beginning again around verse 8. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some men and go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held, his hand, held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let, his, uh, let down his hand, Amalek prevail. Uh, but Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. You see, it wasn't all about Moses. It was all about the Lord. However, Moses was the Lord's leader. And the Lord's leader was becoming weary and worn out. And Aaron and her wanted to secure the success of the children of Israel. And so they lifted the hands of Moses, the leader. And child of God, I have to admit that there are times that the leader needs his arms lifted. 
someone who will assist and an aid when he or she gets weary and worn. And for the children of Israel, their success was tied uh, to Moses' arms being lifted. And all of us can admit we need to, some people to lift us when we get weary. When it seems as if we can't take another step or survive another day or fight another battle. And uh, all of us need somebody to lift our hands, to be there when we get weary, just like they did for Moses. But child of God, I want to challenge you on today uh, because the flip side is true as well. Oh yes, there are times you're going to need someone to lift your hands. Uh, but when you're strong, you need to be there to lift someone who's weak. Did you hear what I said? Oh yes, all of us are going to have times we need someone to lift our arms and to lift our hands. But on those times that you're strong, you ought to be there to lift their hands and to lift their arms. When you're strong, you need to lift someone who's weak and help them through the battles of life. Encourage them through their down, down times. Push them when they need a helping hand. A pat on the back, a positive word, and a prayer never hurt anyone that I know. So one day you may be Moses and need your hands lifted, but the next day you may be Aaron and her and you can lift someone else. And so the Bible says yes. Uh, they, the Lord gave them a victory because they kept their heads up, because they kept Moses' hands up. And it says in verse 13, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So yes, we see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey with water. We see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey through a victory. But we see the Lord provides the children of Israel strength for the journey through a memorial. Now I want you to listen to what the text says in verses 14 and 15. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi. He says, listen, you need to build an altar right here and be reminded of this victory by Joshua and the children of Israel over the Amalekites and I need you to build me an altar. Write it in the book so that this can be a memorial. This altar is to be built here on this spot where we call the Lord Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi. Now what we have to understand is something very interesting uh, that's not said that influences this altar being a memorial because uh, there is nothing said about sacrifices at this altar. Did you hear what I said? There is nothing said about sacrifices upon this altar. It is thought, therefore, that it is a place of worship and thank offering. An altar uh, with its expressive name 
uh, the Lord is my banner. In other words, this altar was not an altar of sacrifice. This was a memorial altar. And it may even be better said it was a remembrance altar. That they didn't use this altar for sacrifice. This altar was built here so that they could, every time they encountered this altar, uh, they could remember what the Lord had done at this place. And not only that generation, the generations that succeeded uh, could see this altar and be reminded of the fact that this was the place that the Lord gave Joshua and the children of Israel victory over the Amalekites. This was the place that Moses was on the hill and Aaron and her held his arms. This was the place of victory that came by the power of the Lord. And all family of God, all of us should have a place of memorial. All of us should have a memorial altar. All of us should have an altar of remembrance. All of us ought to have a place where we can go back to and think about how good the Lord has been. Uh-huh. Yes, Lord, we all need a place, an altar like that where it seemed that we shouldn't have had victory. But the Lord stepped in on our behalf. Uh-huh. And uh, all of us need an altar where we can look back over our lives and remember that it was nobody but the Lord uh, who came through uh, just in time. Do I have a witness today? Well, you ought to take two or three seconds right now and look back over your life and remember when the Lord stepped in and gave you victory. And uh, he gave you victory uh, when it seemed uh, that you should have lost. Do I have a witness? Somebody uh, who's listening uh, or watching right now. Yes, Lord, you need to go ahead and raise your hands uh, and lift your voice. Uh, Yes, Lord, and declare I have my own altar that's called Jehovah Nisi because the Lord stepped in and gave me an unlikely victory. Do I have a witness today? Well, I don't know about you this Sunday morning, but I've got my own altar of remembrance. I've got my own memorial altar. Yes, Lord, and every time I get back to that altar, yes, Lord, I make sure 
that I give the Lord some shorn of praise. Do I have a witness? Somebody needs right now to go back in your mind to your own memorial altar and think about what the Lord has done and go ahead and give the Lord some shorn of praise because of how good he's been. Yes, Lord, how he brought you out. How he gave you victory. You ought to go ahead and give the Lord some shorn of praise. Because it was nobody. I said nobody. Nobody. Nobody but the Lord. You ought to help me preach this thing and go ahead and declare it was nobody. 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 Nobody but the Lord. You ought to take 30 seconds up and go ahead and give him some praise and think back over your life and how he good he's been and give him some praise today because he's worthy 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 worthy, worthy to be praised if you know he's worthy, wherever you're watching, uh, wherever you're listening, uh, I gotta ask you a question, uh, and you can help me preach this thing. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? If you know he's worthy, wherever you are, help me preach this thing. And declare, yes, he worthy. 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 I'm trying to leave it alone. But when I look back over my life, with all that he's brought me through, uh, with all of the victory uh, he has wrought in my life, uh, I just gotta go ahead and declare he's worthy, worthy, yeah, worthy, yeah.
invitation on today of the same God that provided water in the wilderness, the same God who gave them victory, and the same God who told them to set up that memorial altar. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary's cross. Not only die on that cross, but to die on that cross in our stead and in our place. As I said earlier, Romans 10 reminds us that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we invite you today to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please call our church at 402-455-1000, option three, if you want to make that decision. Or if you're here, or if you're listening or watching, and you know you're saved, but for whatever reason you don't have a church home or church family, this is an opportunity for you to be a part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. Please call us at 402-455-1000, option three, be a part of the Lord's church. We offer Christ to you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? that you have made a decision on today to give your life to the Lord, to be a part of the Lord's family. We have the privilege on today to lead you in one of the Lord's ordinances, this Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. We pray that you have your elements at home with you that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and his shed blood. As we prepare to receive these elements, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all that you've done. Once again, as we are reminded that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. He shed his pure, perfect, and holy blood on a cruel and criminal cross that we might be saved. And so we thank you. We thank you for the power of his resurrection. We come again in thanksgiving for the price paid and the sacrifice made. We pray, Lord, that you would prepare us to receive these elements that are symbolic of his broken body and shed blood. We pray, God, that you would forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
We ask these prayers now in Jesus' name. Bible lets us know on the eve of his cru crucifixion, Jesus instituted his Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. He first took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and said to his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Likewise, he took the cup and declared, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us commune together. We hope and pray that this worship experience has been a blessing to you on today, that you are encouraged, that you are brought some steps closer to the Lord, that the word for your walk has blessed you on today and will bless you through the rest of this week. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful 
for all that you've done, for the privilege being able to be reminded of what you've done for us in Jesus Christ through this Lord's Supper, this Holy Communion. We pray where we will share the good news, the gospel of his death, burial, and res resurrection with everyone we encounter. And for those who have watching, watched or listened on today, we pray your blessings upon them, upon their households, upon their careers, upon their physical bodies, their spirits, and their minds. Give them everything that they need. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. The only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, all across this state, all across the nation, and all across the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.